Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Tyler Delavalle, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Tyler, thank you for taking some time and spending it with us today. I appreciate it. Tom, thank you very much for inviting me. I, uh, I hope I do you proud. You will do me proud. Um, you have a wonderful reputation, uh, and I was excited about having you on this week. Uh, Tyler, I'm just going to give them a little startup on your bio and you could take it from there. But uh, I'm old enough to know your father's company, the Beasley Realty Company, years ago um, when I was a young lad of 21. They were doing great. Your dad was involved and started that. And from what I hear, you're going to college in a, on a pre-med track. And all of a sudden, 1988, dad says, hey, we're having some problems. We need some help and some hands and there you go. T- pick it up from there. How'd you get started in there? Yeah, I wish I wish there was a sexier story to tell. But uh, as as um, crazy as it is, um, I'm, I'm going to uh, college at Muhlenberg College down in Pennsylvania. And, and as uh, as you mentioned, I was a natural science major um, with the hope of uh, going to med school. Um, shortly after graduation, I moved to Manhattan, um, studied Italian at NYU. Um, ultimately, the goal was to find myself uh, at med school in Italy. Um, I figured if I was going to torture myself, I might as well uh, at least enjoy the surroundings. Um, shortly, I guess about a year into uh, that program, the real estate market had uh, really took a, a turn for the worse. And that was 1989 into 90. Um, and my father reached out to me um, and, and just said, I, I need your help. So I, I, I literally packed up about a month later, I was just finishing uh, my classes. And um, in 1990, I, I went to work for him and I tell everyone, I worked for seven years for him um, without a single paycheck. Um, during during that period of time, the uh, the market literally fell off a shelf, um, and I'm and I'm somewhat proud to share. Like uh, at, during that period of, of time, my father declared bankruptcy, and um, while most most people would probably hide uh, from such a um, a skeleton in their closet. I, I kind of think of it as a badge of honor because while yes, he did declare bankruptcy um, in the early nineties, by 2005, he had one of the most successful uh, real estate offices um, in the greater New Haven area and um, we sold it. So I, I worked for him for seven years um, doing just about everything and anything. Um, 
he could think of having me do to save money, whether it was cleaning out apartments or even doing, you know, physical labor in our building. Um, I got my real estate license and I, he, he really showed me how it was to work hard from the ground up. Um, at, at one point in time, Beasley had 650 agents. Uh, I was without a, a doubt one of the, the uh, lowest ranked. I think I was number 650, but within a short period of time, I, I broke into the top five and I, and I remained there for until we sold the company, quite honestly. Um, well, you, you go back to the, uh, first of all, your, your father had a great reputation. So it doesn't surprise me that he bounced back because he was a very honorable guy and his firm was very good. <laughs> but, you know, you, you talk about uh, no paycheck for seven years. And sometimes that's, uh, yeah, you're, you live in poverty, but you sure as heck learn real quick because uh, your survival depends on it. Um, obviously, uh, you come from tremendous stock. I know your dad trained you well along with the other professionals when you were younger. And now you have Dow Della Valley Realty with your partner, Jeff, and you're doing extremely well. Uh, but, you know, you got a good reputation yourself because um, I check into you guys, right? And my <laughs> buddies tell me that you're, you're a quality guy. So, Tyler, yeah. tell me, what are the things that if you look back, that you think you did that created the success in your career up to this point? Well, first, th thank you for the compliment. Um, they're, they're always few and far between, and I'm, and I'm certainly not fishing for one. But I suppose I, I, don't, I don't think that I'm a success, uh, to be honest with you. I think I'm, I'm uh, always a work in progress um, that, that I'm, I'm certainly not afraid of hard work. And I actually, I, I, I think I kind of enjoy it to, you know, to an extent. Um, I'm, I'm really focused on, you know, personal growth and, and personal evolution. And if, and if I see somebody doing something better, I, I want to learn as much as I can from that person. Um, I want to make my own modifications and, and perhaps even better what they were doing. Um, you know, when it comes to you know, my personal real estate business, it's everything I, that I learned from my father, um, just the simple art of, of salesmanship is what I apply today. And it's, 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 it's really simple. Like the, he, if you walked into my office in the late eighties, he had certain sayings uh, of his that had been literally framed. And one of them I, I remember was two words. It was be there. And what that meant to me, and I guess meant to him and his agents was just don't be a face, be there for that person, like be genuine. And um, while, for example, while I could have two dozen active listings, I, I choose not to, I can't spread myself that thin. And while I could have two dozen buyers to work with, I choose not to, because I can't give enough of myself to my clients. And, and that's what I, I preach to, to my agents. You know, we're not, we're not that big box company. We're, we're not the McDonald's of real estate. We're that really good restaurant that's in your neighborhood. Um, and that's always been somewhat of a goal is like have super smart agents that work for me, 
that are like-minded. They share the same goals and aspirations. Um, they're not driven by money. And in a market as crazy as this, um, I know it's counterintuitive for a business owner to say, hey, money, money isn't everything. But the truth of the matter is money is a byproduct of, of hard, smart work. You know, I, I can tell you because I lived it with your dad. Uh, you know, I go back to, to, to the early 70s, 1970s, starting my career. But, you know, you sound you can, I could tell that you're, you were homegrown because that's the way your dad ran. Beasley had such a great reputation and it was built on relationships. He did more in the community. And I, I hear that when you're telling me this, uh, my point being is that today with all the digital things, you're still, and I'm, th I'm thankful for this, a relationship type guy putting the relationship before expediency i think that's I, I i hear that from you and yeah, yeah well you have to um you know there's there's a, there's an opportunity for everyone to get lost in the mix and if you if you really don't make that effort to um somewhat divorce yourself from the technologies and the um conveniences that that these technologies offer um and you know, sort of hit pause and, and just relate to your client, like really zero in on them, you lose, you lose focus. Um, it was just this past week, I had a, I had a situation that would, that really, you know, was somewhat upsetting. Um, I had a client buyers um, who I had just put their home under contract. We were in the midst of a bidding war um, and they had a, a you know, a terrible uh, personal medical emergency. And, you know, when I said to the, to the other agent, look, you know what, something tragic has happened in their family. Uh, that agent showed absolutely zero compassion and was angry because we were going to uh, terminate the agreement, which we legally had the right to. And I said, like, this is exactly why I would never want to associate with that kind of an individual in that kind of a firm, um, because he he didn't he had no regard for anyone other than himself or his bank account. And um, so, yeah, I may not I may not be, you know, the most financially successful agent out there, but I do feel like I'm hitting home runs on, you know, being sincere and and putting the interest of my client in in, in front of even myself at times. Well, you know, you you know, sometimes you don't hear the good things that are being told. Uh, compliments don't flow, but I get the good stuff. Um, I got big ears, so I hear it. So you're doing good. Let me ask you this: What's the biggest concern you have of owning a business as a business owner right now? You know, that's, I mean, that's a good question because on, on any given day, it could change. Um, in the beginning of January, uh, it was, it was uh, painfully quiet um, and the, the silence was often deafening. And I'm like, oh boy, am I going to be able to keep the lights on? You know, it's, 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 it's just like, you don't know from one minute to the next um, whether or not you're going to be in business. And it's, it can be, it can be stressful. Um, you know, you certainly have to have that financial reservoir um, available in, in, in case of 
emergencies. But I think beyond that, you, re- you really have to have the confidence to, you know, get up every day and you can't sit back waiting for that phone to ring. Like you, you've got to learn how to be proactive. So, you know, I, I think the, the uncertainty is, is, is a fear that business owners, large or sm- small face, but, you know, to overcome those, um, you know, those difficulties, you, you have, you've got to have the wherewithal to get up and do it every single day. You know, um, I remember years ago when my manager used to say to me, well, what are your numbers going to look like next year at Perone? And I would say, I don't know. I know exactly what my activity will be, but I can't tell you my point being exactly what you're saying. Every day you get up, there's an activity you got to do. If you do it well, it'll work out. And you, I, I guess you have to have faith, which backs up all the activity that you do. I, I got to share a silly story. Um, so in 2005, um, my father and I sold um, our interest in the Beasley company to um, a large national um brand. I, I won't mention the name, but I'm certain if people are listening in the area, they know who it is. Um, and we, they bought us because we were, we were really successful. I mean, we were, we were, we were doing better than anybody out there. Um, and we had a great group of people that worked for us. And early on um, in the process, it was just the, the beginning of 2006, um, we had an office meeting, which, by the way, we never had. Um, my father didn't believe in dragging people into the office. He would always say, you can't hunt moose from the lodge, so keep the agents out and happy and working. But the culture of this particular firm was, you know, we've got to get our agents in there on Tuesday to create a feeding frenzy. And so the the senior vice president went around the room and wanted to ask everyone, you know, what are your goals for 2006? And, you know, what are your numbers going to look like? And he asked my father, which was probably the biggest mistake. And my father turned to him and he just said, my goals to survive, to stay alive. Like, like there's more to it than, than the numbers. Like that's my goal. And I think, you know, as a business owner, that's my goal. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've got a really uh, solid, like-minded partner, um, Jeff Dow, and you know, we I think we keep each other heading in the right direction because it's it's it is easy to to derail every so often. Yeah, it is, and and you know, your attitude towards activity and outcomes uh, it really is a leap of faith. And I, but you need that activity, and you worry about your activity because you can control that. And I know, you know, I know you have 30 agents, Tyler. That's a lot of people that you work with. And obviously you're successful in keeping them. Let, let me ask you this about the that part of your job being a manager per se, quote unquote. What do you think are the value drivers that you're utilizing to keep uh, your uh, representatives happy and with you? What's going on? Uh, what kind of relationship do you have with them? I'll tell you, you know, while while I have 30 agents, um, I think the reason why I have them and they stay with me is because I've probably said no to about, I would say, between 15 and 20. And those 15 or 20 agents that I've said no to, I, I know that they don't share the same values uh, that I share 
and they would not accept the culture of my office. And so while, you know, certainly um, a lot of firms are of the um, mindset to hire, hire anyone. I mean, if you have a pulse, uh, if you could fog a mirror and have a real estate license, guess what? They're going to hire you. Um, and my feeling has always been any one of my agents, um, any one of them, not only would I want to spend time with them, um, but I'd want to get to know them more as a person. I mean, they're interesting people. They're everyone, you know, is, you know, they just don't fit into one mold. I mean, they're just a dynamic group of, of, of very nice, humble individuals. And so they make my job relatively easy. Um, I put out fires when, when need be. Um, I, I'll cover appointments when need be. But for the most part, these, I'm, I'm lucky because they are, they're self-starters. Um, they're not complainers. They're not um, clouded by the allure of a larger company. Um, they know that it, despite the name on the sign, they're still going to get up and sell real estate. You know, you know, it's interesting, um, you're, and you're hitting on it, and it's quality. In other words, putting effort and time into filtering people in quality form, not just to take a yes. body with hands. And, and you're right. Sometimes you have to say no to three to get the good one, but it's better than taking on all four and neglecting number one, you know? It's true. I, you know, early on, I was I was really hungry to to grow the office, and um, you know, and I was I was disappointed. I thought like, oh, you know, these people are going to come. You know, they're going to flood the office, and and you know, my wife actually said, look, you know what, this is going to happen organically. It it was a field of dreams um, sort of experiment, and. And she would say, if you build it and you build it right and you have a strong foundation and you and you maintain your set of values, people will come. They're attracted to that. Um, and I and I made the mistake. I hired a very successful agent. And, uh, you know, while I liked her personally, you know, she she had the ability to stir the pot. And as a result, it created tension and turmoil within the office. And I, you know, unfortunately, I had I had to part ways with her, um, you know, certainly on good terms. But while some business owners would look at the bottom line and say, "Gee, you know, you're you're losing a sizable percentage of your gross commission income," how I looked at it was, well, you know what, I'm not going to have as much grief tomorrow when I go to the office, and if I'm breathing a little bit easier and more relaxed, I'm pretty certain those other agents in my office are going to feel the same way. And so, you know, you sometimes you have to take a step back in order to move forward. And, you know, I think as a business owner, you can't be afraid to, to take those leaps. Um, they, you know, the net will I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, you know, leap and the net will appear. It just, you know, you have to, you have to have faith in yourself. Well, you know, leadership comes by example. And sometimes you got to make some hard decisions, even if it affects the bottom line. And I, I hear what you're saying. And I keep thinking the quality of people that worked with your dad years ago, 
Uh, Beasley never lost agents. They stayed there. So you learn very well and you are, you're, you're continuing that legacy that you learned with keeping good people and making a human being job, not just automatic with numbers and things of that nature, um, which I think is really refreshing. Um, what, what's the, the primary area you really have to stay ahead of, Tyler, in your business? <laughs> There's so many areas that, you know, you have to consider when, when running an office and selling real estate. Um, I, but I, I mean, I, I know it's going to sound rather corny, but I, th I think um, really being true to yourself, um, you know, being able to feel good about what you do and say all the time to, to not deviate uh, even the slightest bit from, you know, what's right and what's wrong. Um, you know, I, I sometimes I, I, I get very upset when I see um, false advertisements and I want to blow a gasket. You know, I, I see these agents, you know, saying, uh, you know, they're the top this, top that. And, I, and, and you know, it, 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 makes, it makes me sad and upset, but I feel like if, if I remain true to myself and I forge ahead, as I said, I may not, maybe I'm not going to, you know, make a million dollars a year, but I'm going to get close to it, but I'm going to feel better about myself knowing that I did it the right way. Um, and, and so I think that's probably the, the most important thing is just, just remain true to yourself. Um, you know, from a nuts and bolts perspective, um, staying on top of my agents, making certain that they're well-informed, well-educated, um, they have the tools, um, you know, the technologies that we have are as good as anyone. So it's, it's more of a mental uh, game. And I, I feel like a, a coach. I, I was fortunate enough to, to, to play football when I was in college. And I, I still feel to this very day, much of what I learned on a football field um, is, is what I preached, you know, certainly to my, to my kids, but, but in particular to my agents, I'm, I'm a team player. And I think if you're, if you have that mindset, you're going to do okay. Well, you know, in my book, uh, unlocking your business DNA, I speak, um, about, you know, when you go to work, are you going to work and feeling like you're running an adult daycare? Or you're going to work optimistically, knowing that you're going to change people's lives positively. And, you know, I'm getting that so much from you right now as you're talking, because, you know, listen, let's face it. When you have to do management duties, be sales, cover 30 agents, do this, that, the other thing at the end of the day. My God, that's a lot. It's easy. It's almost easier to be a victim than to stay positive and forget, let it go over your shoulder. So you have you have this. Um, fortification mindset that's great and it does and it does sound like an athlete and it's great um i'm i'm going to move on because now i want to get specific about the real estate uh and something you really know a heck of a lot about but let's let's talk about um the market today tell us about that what's going on well that i'll tell you it's um it is fast paced and I could, I'll say somewhat frightening. Um, I would, I would urge anyone who's looking to buy or sell to arm themselves with a, a 
very good seasoned um, agent. It doesn't matter who they work for, um, someone that, that you could, you know, really trust to uh, be your advocate because the, the, the waters are treacherous right now. Um, it's, uh, it's a seller's market. It hasn't been that way in quite some time. Uh, and that's certainly not just in Connecticut, but that's, um, that's it seems to be throughout most of the, the U.S. at this stage of the game. So, um, yeah, you know, proceed with caution. Um, no one has that crystal ball. So if somebody tells you, well, it's going to get worse, it's going to get better, they, they don't know. Um, I, I know no more than the next guy. Um, but uh, And also go with your gut. That's, that's always a good uh, sort of barometer as to how you should proceed. What's, what's making it a hot market, Tyler? So there's a lack of inventory. Um, unlike a lot of industries, when, um, you know, when COVID hit, uh, literally um, a year ago this week, we really started a shutdown. I think it was March 13th. Um, people people uh, retreated to their homes. Large businesses uh, told their employees to stay home. Um, and, and while it may have, may, might have taken a little bit time to get used to, uh, the truth of the matter is a lot of these large companies, whether they're financial institutions, um, whatever the case may be, they realized that they were still being rather productive having their workforce um, uh, work from home. And so I have a client of mine who's uh, – with one of the large uh, accounting firms and, and he's a managing partner. Um, he hasn't been back to his office in Manhattan in over a year now. And he runs a very large desk and, and he said, quite honestly, I don't think we'll ever go back. And I said, well, what are you going to do with all that vacant space that you have in midtown Manhattan? And he's like, that's a great question uh, because he feels ultimately it'll be repurposed in that, it, there's just, there's no need for it. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been a perfect storm of, of elements for the real estate market uh, with people at home looking to sort of stretch a little bit, um, maybe buy larger, um, you know, saving money and in, in not commuting, uh, that coupled with historically low interest rates, uh, it's, it's created it's created the right environment uh, for, for buying. But, you know, over the course of the last four years, we saw things starting to move in the right direction. And then they just, they really hit a whole new gear a year ago. Yeah. I, the, so the COVID played a bit along when you, the, 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 the perfect storm COVID and also low interest rates, right. Um, yes. Didn't just name two of probably many, but COVID certainly had a big impact on this market, didn't it? Oh, I mean, without a doubt. We, you know, in the beginning, we were we were frightened. Uh, I mean, everyone was certainly frightened. But I think, you know, once if you accepted the the thought process that let you know let logic dictate your moves, um, if you just have basic common logic, just let it dictate your moves. And I think that's ultimately what happened is that, you know, people became more comfortable and they 
pick, you know, they grab their devices, they look on their computer, laptops, and they start shopping for homes. And next thing you know, the, the phone's just ringing off the hook. And so, yeah, it has been a, a perfect storm. Um, it's not to say that if you're a, a buyer, you can't find a good deal out there. Um, I also, you know, I, contrary to a lot of perhaps agents, I don't look at single family homes as investment vehicles. Um, if you want an investment vehicle, buy a multifamily, go buy a strip mall, buy you know a piece of commercial property. But a residential dwelling is is a place where you live or raise a family, whatever the case may be. And so it's like a merry-go-round. You, if you jump on while it's moving fast, you know you risk the the, the chance of it slowing down when you get off. Um, but there's always a positive correlation there. You may buy high, but you'll sell high. Uh, buy low, sell low. Um, so you, you've got to, you have to sort of divorce yourself from your conventional thoughts and, and think of it from a different perspective. And if you, if you find the right agent, they'll walk you through that process um, and, and invo- avoid the, the pitfalls that you may experience. So what are some of the recommendations, Tyler, that you would make for people who are either thinking or actually entering the market to buy a home? First, the first thing that I would do is is get yourself pre-qualified. That's going to make you a better buyer, uh, regardless of with whom you decide to work with as an agent. Um, The second step would be to find yourself a licensed real estate agent. Um, You know, I... I always use the analogy, um, if you were, you know, if, if, you, if you had to have a medical procedure, um, would you necessarily go to, um, you know, the guy who's done one or two procedures that you need or 400 or 500? Um, you know, certainly not to say that a new agent isn't going to be as proficient as a seasoned agent. But, I mean, look, this is probably the largest um, – investment most people will ever make in their lifetime. So get yourself a good agent, Um, you know, invest time in getting to know that agent and then things will fall into place. You know, be prepared for uh, disappointment, but accept disappointment as part of the process. Yeah, I would think so, Hum, because it could take uh, a lot of energy to find what you want, negotiate it, and get it through a lot of different elements. But are there any particular strategies that buyers or sellers should be uh, employing at this point of the game? Well, I can't. I can't tell you all my secrets, but okay. um, <laughs> no. I, you know, again, it's a common sense approach. Um, know the market. Don't don't take the uh, buckshot approach to buying a home. If if you're if you're looking in three or four towns, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. I when I work with clients, I I give them all the same speech, and I say, look, you know what? There are tremendous differences between one town and the other, between one neighborhood within the town and the other, between one side of the street and the other. So let's really pinpoint and get get to the bottom of what you're looking for. Let's understand thoroughly what your needs are. And it doesn't matter if you're spending 100000 or $10 million, There are always concessions that need to be made. 
But if you're checking most of the boxes and the location is the right location, then by all means proceed. But, you know, there's certain things that you can't compromise on and location is absolutely one of them. Yeah. So that's part of the preparation. In other words, uh, going through all the checklist things that you want in a house, knowing you're not probably going to get all of it, but if you get the majority. So you have to really think about not only when you're a buyer, what you want, but also what you want as a seller, I would think. You just can't throw it out yeah, in the market. It's, yeah, it, it's very true, right? You you always have to make concessions. And, but there's there's those concessions you, you can't make. If you, if you need, you know, three bedrooms and, you know, you're not going to go and buy a two bedroom. Or if you, if you, you know, if you need a garage, you're not going to buy a home without a garage. But um, you know, there, there are reasonable modifications that, that should be expected um, along the way. Um, you know, this sh- it shouldn't be as scary as, as, as it may seem to be. Um, you know, find, find comfort in the people you work with. Like, make certain that that team of people are really there to support you um, and, and, and guide you through the process. Well, you know, I I had a client, this has happened a couple of uh, a year ago, and the two real estate people who from different firms, the buyer, the seller, the, the seller was just giving everybody a tough time over, I think it was $7,000. And the realtor who, who represented him said, listen, you know, th- you've been on the market three three months. I mean, this is the best offer you're going to get, and you're still fighting over three. So somehow or another, the two agents worked together to get my friend their home where this guy was really yeah. against bending at all. And finally, you know, he made some sense and said he got the, he got what he wanted, less a couple of bucks, but he sold it. So I think when you get yeah. professional people together and, and especially in the real estate business, when you're dealing with such an emotional tool, like your home and buying one, I, I think having two professional people work together, or at least having your party be professional is big time. It's worth it. Yeah. That's assuming that everyone is is reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. You know, there's always personalities that are going to conflict. You know, I, look, I've had opportunities to to work with uh, individuals that I I knew at the end of the day it was going to have a tremendous financial reward, but but you know what, the personalities were going to clash, and it, it wasn't worth. Uh, you know, raising my blood pressure. So um, that's why, you know, I, I do stress, find find a sincere agent out there. And there are a lot of them. There's a lot of really good agents. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't look at it as, as, at every agent as being my competitor. I, I'm my own competitor. So, you know, if, if I think that way, I'm certain you as the consumer can adopt the same uh, philosophy. Tyler, does the, um, does the, Buyer have an advantage if they're pre-approved or they're paying cash in the negotiation for the most part. Interesting um, question because yes, there, there, there's a, first of all, I, I don't know of, of many buyers that are running around nowadays that aren't pre-approved because no listing agent's going to accept an offer on a property if they haven't been pre-approved. Uh, but cash buyers are are strong um, if they could, you know, produce documentation that they have sufficient funds. Um, 
So some some buyers will claim that they're cash buyers and, and what they're doing is actually they'll obtain a mortgage. They're just not making the purchase contingent upon them obtaining a mortgage. So it's risky business for that buyer. But yeah, in certain situations, um, cash buyer is, you know, is, is rather attractive. Um, but for some sellers at the end of the day, they, they're not really concerned whether or not that, that buyer has cash in hand or is getting a, a mortgage bank check. They just want their number. So um, it's a situational um, uh, thing that, you know, it, it could change depending from one seller to the other. And, and if I was a, a homeowner thinking about selling my home, what are the things as a homeowner I should be doing now uh, to get my property ready for an ultimate sale? Well, another very good question. I think um, what I like to do is, is I feel like I'm always in the business of education. And so if I have a client who's contemplating selling, even if it's um, next year, I may, I may very well meet with them now and again in six months and say, look, you know, these are the simple things that you can do that aren't going to, you know, put it, be a strain on the bank account, but they should be done in order to um, show this home in its best light. Um, you know, I, I've bought and sold my own homes and I can tell you, um, you know, I've done things to prepare for sale that I, that I had neglected to do for 12 years. Um, you know, simple things, you know, whether it's painting or landscaping or, uh, you know, changing out appliances that are 30 years old, you know, everything is certainly to, to fall within a budget, but, you know, again, there's situational questions, but there are strategies that sellers can employ today for a sale or a listing tomorrow. You know, I, it's, um, I, I relate real estate to businesses. I always say, run your business and put, systems in your business as though somebody was going to knock on your house door and say, I want to buy your house because you keep it so up to date. And that really holds true. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's, that's really a large component of it is, you know, you can, when you walk into a home, you know, within literally seconds, how the showing is going to go just based on the feel that you get for it. And, and, and even before you walk into the home, people are looking at the curb appeal. You know, you could take, you could literally take a $100,000 home and, and dress it up and make it as, as nice as can be. And, you know, and, and I could sell that thing all day long, or you could take a million dollar home, but if it's neglected, it's going to sit and fester on the market. So again, it, you, you've got to exercise common sense uh, at all times. My, my last question, Tyler, is yeah. about down payment. <clears throat> and it's about what do people uh, who are buying homes that are going to get a mortgage, what can they expect to have from down payment nowadays? With the Well, for, uh, for VA loans, veterans, they can, they can actually qualify for 100% financing. Um, it, it depends on the area that you're, you're selling a home in. Um, it, it just if we're looking at the state of Connecticut, in, in the New Haven area, it's not uncommon to see a down payment of 3.5%. But once you kind of move away from the major cities, 
um, you have a tendency of seeing 5% or 10% down. Um, in order to avoid PMI, you need to have 20% down. So there is an attractiveness uh, and a correlation to the, the more or larger your deposit, the more attractive your offer is in the eyes of the seller. So, um, you know, at a minimum, three and a half percent, and then anywhere f- up from there, much, you know, much depends upon the, the town and, and the situation that, you know, the buyer is in. You certainly don't want to be house poor uh, before you make that first mortgage payment. Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, uh, if someone out there listening has some questions, they're really not sure whether they want to be in the market to buy or in the market to sell their home. Is there a way they can contact you and talk a little bit about it uh, without um, being totally committed? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I I mean my I my time is 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 free as long as they don't mind uh sometimes the background commotion of you know me talking to them when I'm driving, but yeah, I I'm I'm open for discussion at, at all times. That's that's look that's what I do for a living. And uh if I'm going to put the your contact information in the summary notes so those people that want to go to Dow Dela Valley Realty, we'll have um, a, a website, we'll have the yeah. phone numbers. Uh, Tyler, I'll have your email there. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. my my cell phone's always the best best way to chase me down. Okay. And, uh, I, you know, if I had to sum this up, first of all, you got Tyler Dela Valley, number one, he comes from a, a great stock uh, of family that I've known way back. Uh, he was trained by the best. He's continued this legacy of relationships with people in the community big time. And he and his partner are very successful with Dow Della Valley Realty. And um, Tyler, is there anything else you'd like to add before we leave? Well, well, I'm hoping that my uh, my first uh, podcast was a decent one. <laughs> you did uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to your listeners. I I can talk forever about real estate. Um, Although my wife would tell you I could talk to forever about anything. So, well, what's nice to hear from you is the passion. And what here's what I hear as a business owner of 50 years, the passion you have for your company, for your employees, the relationship you have. And you know what? That just filters down to the people you work with one-on-one as customers. They're going to get the same treatment everybody in your world gets. So, we want to thank we have people like you in the in the public working and helping people get their homes together. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tom. Folks, thanks for listening to me. And uh, if you like the program, hit subscribe. It gets us up there in some ratings. And I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, If you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner, or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly 
let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.